Listening to Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk, a World Affairs Council conversation with authoritative voices discussing significant newsmaking issues and individuals. Sponsored by Greenberg Traurig, LLP. This morning, members of the World Affairs Council will welcome our guest, Cass Yost. The subject of his remarks, the art of the deal, is our foreign policy working one year later, is certainly one to encourage debate and strong feelings. Mr. Yost's career has taken him from Capitol Hill, where he held staff positions on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, to service on the National Intelligence Council, where he was director of the Strategic Futures Group, and now back to academia. Leaving government, he returned in 2013 to his alma mater, Georgetown University, in the Institute for the Study of Diplomacy as an adjunct professor and senior fellow. In a special note to members of World Affairs Councils across the country, he was once president of the World Affairs Council of Northern California. Great to have you with us today. Great to be here. Unconventional seems to be the word that supporters of President Trump use to describe his foreign policies. Others are less generous. They might call it untethered and dangerous. What would you call it? Well, I suppose I come down on the latter description, untethered and dangerous. I'm as worried about the state of U.S. national security policy as I've been literally in the last 20 or 30 years since the Vietnam era. I think we're in a dangerous time, quite apart from our president. We're in a dangerous time with serious competition from Russia and from China. And we require adult leadership at the top. And I am fearful that at the very top, we don't have it. Sometimes when we're looking at administrations, we talked about doctrines. Is there a Trump doctrine? Well, I think there's a Trump doctrine in the works. The initial story was that this untethered president would be enveloped in the warm embrace of adults, McMaster at the National Security Council, Tillerson at the State Department, and Mattis at the Defense Department. But Two legs um, of that stool may be gone. <clears throat> Tillerson is out. Uh, McMaster is probably headed out the door. Mattis remains the one stabilizing influence. But he is, after all, Secretary of Defense. His focus properly is on issues of defense. And so I'm worried now that without adults in the room, this president may become untethered from a careful understanding of America's role in the world in a very turbulent era. You know, we still haven't probably unpacked completely the relationship between President Putin and President Trump, assuming that Russia did interfere in our electoral process, which is pretty much accepted. Was the goal to elect Donald Trump, or was it to destabilize our institutions? I think the latter. I think very few people, including even Mr. Trump, but probably Mr. Putin, expected the outcome that occurred in November of 2016. But there is absolutely no question that Putin tried to interfere um, in the U.S. elections. Uh, I think the argument is whether that was, uh, he had a decisive influence on that outcome. There is no question that interference took place. And moreover, the intelligence community led by Trump appointees, mm -hmm. 
are pointing out that next up is 2018 off-year elections and that Russian measures continue not just in the U.S. election processes, but in European as well. We've used the word untethered to describe President Trump. A word to describe President Putin might be brazenness right now. The attempted assassination of the spy in the U.K. in other instances. What do you think would be the appropriate response of the United States? So I grew up in the Cold War, and successive American presidents were able to walk and chew gum at the same time. The walking meant having strong national security policies, having firm alliances, being sure that we understood what our interests were vis-a-vis -vis the Soviet Union. Chewing the gum involved ongoing negotiations with the Soviet Union on issues of arms control and other areas uh, where cooperation was not only possible but also necessary. The dilemma that we face today is that the Trump administration finds itself in a hole, largely because of Putin's interference in our democratic processes, and it's very difficult to have a nuanced policy towards Russia. I think Trump, for his own reasons, and we saw it most recently yesterday in his congratulatory call to Mr. Putin, Trump instinct is to reach out and to have a dialogue with Putin, but tremendously difficult to do under the present circumstances. Longer term, we need that dialogue. Hmm. We need to have an ongoing conversation with the Russians about arms control in particular, but initiating that conversation now in the present political circumstances is terribly tough. Using the word dialogue, yeah. is there going to be a dialogue with North Korea? I think everybody was very surprised when yeah. that announcement was made, and probably many of your colleagues in the intelligence. No, I think, I think across the board people have been surprised by the rapidity with which this whole process has moved. Will the meeting Well, happen? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about an invitation that has come secondhand. To the best of my knowledge, there has not been a declarative sentence coming out of Leader Kim mm -hmm. in North Korea saying, I'm looking forward to my meeting with the President of the United States. The President of the United States has said he's looking forward to his meeting with Kim. It would be nice if both were singing from the same sheet music. Uh, but what concerns me is that meetings of this significance require, by definition, a great deal of preparatory work. And at present, we do not have a sitting Secretary of State. We have a National Security Advisor who may be headed out the door. We have no U.S. Ambassador in South Korea. The individual who has been at the center of U.S. negotiations with respect to North Korea announced his retirement two weeks ago. Just before the announcement? Just before the announcement. You think he regrets that? I'm not quite sure where Mr. Trump will be getting his advice on next steps and what we should and should not do, what our red line should be with respect to North Korea. My own view is an absolute red line is that we need to preserve the alliance structure that has brought so much stability to East Asia. And here I'm thinking particularly of the U.S.-Korean alliance, but also the U.S.-Japan alliance. We have time for just one more. Mohammed bin Salman is in the United States on a somewhat extended visit. was at the White House, uh, I believe, yesterday. You spent a lot of your career on the Middle East. Is the peace process 
dead? I think it is effectively dead and that we need to be planning for a period where Israel will have to confront the fact that it has, between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean, a Palestinian population almost equal to the population of Jews in the same geographic area. That will be the new reality. I regret this terribly. I, I first went to Israel in 1968, um, and now I find myself 50 years later with uh, very different circumstances on the ground. But disentangling these two peoples into two states, I think, may now be simply a bridge too far. I want to thank you very much for being our guest on Global IQ Minute. Delighted. Thank you for listening to Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk, a production of the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth. Subscribe and rate Global IQ Minute on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite app. For information about a World Affairs Council in your community, visit worldaffairscouncils.org. Global IQ Minute is sponsored by Greenberg Traurig LLP, a global firm with 2,000 attorneys in 38 offices across the globe. Visit the firm at gtlaw.com.